We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It is the Friday edition of the Field of 68 Best Bets podcast. My name is Rob Doster, that guy you see right there next to me on the screen wearing the uh, the Zalgiris. Is that how you pronounce it? Can you see? Not it? really. Not really. T- stand up and show show the people uh, what you got. I'll, I'll stand up so people can see. In honor of uh, of Lamelo, Lamelo's playing well. Uh, I want people to know I'm not a Lamelo hater uh, at all. Actually, I'm, I'm I'm rooting for him to do well, and uh, and he is. He's playing well. Uh, I just think you know his poor the, his his father just screwed him up. I mean, honestly. He gave him the worst bad habits you'll ever give a kid. Like the worst shooting mechanics and the worst defensive, um, you know, just mindset. You'll It's going to take time, but I'm rooting for you, LaMelo, and you're playing well, so uh, I'm glad. So now that we got that out of the way, you got to get your shot in at LeVar Ball. <laughs> um, all right, we had some good games in the Big Ten last night that we got to talk about before we talk about tonight's uh, relatively minimal slate. Um, we also got to talk about a little bit about Colorado getting a big win against Oregon. But before we do that, Gonzaga, man, they're just they're just yeah. ridiculous. They are absolutely uh, insane. It's pretty hard to say anything negative about a team that is blowing teams out. I mean, think about this: eighty-five points in every game so far. First team uh, since Arkansas, the national title team back in 94, 93, 94, uh, to to score at least eighty-five in the first eleven games, at least eighty-five. Um, you know, BYU supposed to be the second best team in the WCC this year. Now, I know BYU was coming off a pause. They, they haven't played for a while, um, but they, they blew them out early. Now, luckily they came back and, and made it a 17 point game. Rob, do you know why that's very, very important? Did you, did you see how that, that game ended? No, no, I, I did not. Okay. Okay. So you didn't see it. This is, this was unbelievable. So. Um, Gonzaga was up 23 to two in the first half. Uh, they were up for 30 or by 30 for most of the second half. Um, they pull their starters with about six minutes left and BYU goes on a little bit of a run. They cut it to 17, right? On the final possession, I think, I forget, I think it was a turnover by Gonzaga and they throw the ball up to Caleb Lohner, who has a wide open layup with like five seconds left on the clock. Like literally it is one on zero. He's standing in front of the rim and he dribbles out the clock. No, he doesn't score. They would have covered if he wouldn't finish that layup. Instead, it was either a push or if you got it at, at 16 and a half where the line closed, means that you lost that bet if you were on uh, BYU instead of winning, which is like it's probably the right side ended up winning that bet, but just yes. 
I got it at 17. I got it at 17, which made me 3-2-1 and one yesterday. I pulled my Arizona State bet uh, after breaking the news that half of their team was not going to play last night. Um, they, we'll talk about it in a minute, but they took uh, UCLA to, to overtime. Um, I also took the under after all that news if, when I broke that news, and I would have won both. Uh, well, not necessarily, but I would have won the under had it not gone to overtime. So I split on that. Yeah. Um, the last thing before we kind of move away from Gonzaga that I, I just wanted to pick your brain on a little bit was Corey Kispert. Uh, where do you see him getting picked in the draft? Because I like I, I'm at the point where I think and he's pretty much ten to twenty. Yeah. 10 like 20. I think he's. I, I would probably take him in the lottery, like the back end of the lottery. Yeah. I think quite simply, like he is the most projectable player once you get past like the the elite guys, where you just you know exactly what you're going to get. And you know what? These days, Rob, if you can get a six seven dude who can shoot the hell out of it, plays hard, um, he's he's got some Joe Harris to his game. I think he's actually better defensively. He's bigger. but they're similar. They're similar in a lot of ways. I mean, they can they, both get the hell out of it. They're both just kind of, you know, high character. Don't say a ton. They just go out there and play ball. Yeah, and they both have like the shaggy hair with the the hair falling down over the like the flow over the headband look going on. Um, so it's very easy to look at Corey Kisper and be like, oh yeah, that's just a young Joe Harris. He's just uh, he's at Gonzaga instead of UVA. And Joe um, Harris is from the Pacific Northwest. Right? Mm-hmm. He had 28 last night too, so it's uh it's it's very easy to draw those lines and make that connection. And you know, if you can get a guy that can shoot 40 something percent from three in the NBA, which like Corey Kispert might be able to do, uh, you you gotta you gotta go get that guy. All right, so we had three big games in the Big Ten. Um, Illinois down by 15 at halftime, won by 25, something that's never happened in the last 25 years in college basketball. Uh, Indiana got a huge game out of Trace Jackson Davis and still found a way to lose to Wisconsin, although. Brad Davison is dead to me because he can't make free throws and can't get that cover. Um, yeah, and then I, and then Iowa was down ten early to Maryland, and then just absolutely blew the doors off of uh, off of the turf. So, uh, which one of those games was the the most por- important? The most telling? The one that you want to talk about the most? Was there anything that we can take away uh, from anything that happened in the Big Ten last night? Yeah, I mean, Wisconsin Indiana was the best game. Like the other two were were interesting, and we'll we'll go through them. But uh, to me. Indiana had that game, and it would have been such an important game for the Hoosiers and Archie Miller and playing without Armand Franklin. And Trace Jackson Davis just does it every single night, every single night. Um, but ultimately, it was like Demetri Trice made, made you know, a huge shot, and he continues to make huge shots, Rob. And, you know, Wisconsin extends their dominance at the Kohl Center uh, over Indiana. But Tyler, uh, Tyler Wall um, – made two huge threes in, in overtime. Like, who is this kid? Like, I, I mean, two huge threes. Like, he had shot, like, 10% from three for the season and uh, comes off the bench and, uh, and and saves him in this game. And, you know, not as big of a win for Wisconsin to me as it is a loss for Indiana. I mean, this was a deflating – I, I want to see how Indiana comes out in their next game, Rob, and if they can rebound from this one because that, that, that's a tough one. They had it. Yeah, I mean, it kind of sums up the the Hoosiers in the the Archie Miller era, more or yeah. less, right? Like you get yeah. this unbelievable performance from your All American center, Trace Jackson Davis, uh, twenty four points, twelve boards, four assists, three blocks, ten to sixteen from the field, 
very clearly the best player on the floor, very clearly kicking the shit out of a, a good Wisconsin front line. Um, and, uh, you know, misses a shot at the end, probably got fouled, uh, and they can't get the stops when they need the stops. You know, it, it would have been – that's – that's. I don't want to say they're like a season – Next, Rob. Hey, they're at Nebraska next, which isn't – it's really not the game you want next at Nebraska because if you lose that one, you can't lose that one. You cannot lose – like the one team you can't lose to in the Big Ten is Nebraska, and, uh, yep. and they're on the road. And, again, we'll see what their psyche's like. But, yeah, they started to play better. I mean, they won you know, two home games against Penn State and Maryland and had this one and could have had momentum and, and feeling good about themselves. And now they're probably uh, trying to figure things out a little bit. Yeah, it's it's got to be frustrating. And um, if you can't win a game when, when, you're, when your star player plays like that, yeah. Um, especially when it gets to the point where they, uh, I mean, Wisconsin benched Michael Potter in the second half and they, and it was unbelievable. Game. What did he did something on the bench or something? Did he get into it? I think yeah, he, he got into it with somebody or yelling. I don't know. He talked back to, to Greg Gard is what it looked like. So, yeah. um, probably Michael says some Potter's words. He's got a little bit of a history here with not getting along with people. Um, you know, not not exactly a, a quality you want right now if you're Michael Potter on a really good team that has a chance to go to the Final Four. Like, I don't know what happened, but man, just you got a lot of red flags right now on you. Yeah, I uh, I, I agree with that sentiment. All right, um, the Iowa Iowa result. Like the only thing I really took away from that is is Keegan Murray is such a difference maker for them. Like I didn't, I honestly had no idea who this kid was. Yeah, start heading into the season, and he's a, a six foot eight uh, kind of like combo forward they got coming off the bench. Yep. Um, long arms can block shots, defensive playmaker. Yeah, uh, makes threes like he he just changes what they can do because like the I mean the issues we have with them is is Iowa can't guard and all of a sudden you got a guy in, like who in twenty minutes a game is averaging a block and a half and a steal and a half and he can make threes and space the floor like it's just I'll give you another one I'll give you another one what about Patrick McCaffrey Yeah, I mean he's he's got the he length helped. he can he can make some shots He's long uh, He's long That's what I'm saying He's got length and and at least they can disrupt in the zone a little bit more than some of those other guys. That's all I'm saying is he gives you another yeah. dimension. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, he's only going to get better. Like I think Patrick McCaffrey is going to be a really good player uh, like next season, but, but those guys coming off your bench and Oh, by the way, um, our boy, Jordan Bahannon, since you called them out, which you completely called them out about uh, two weeks ago, two and a half weeks ago, you know what he is in the last five games shooting the ball from three. What's that? 19 of 38. Well, here's the thing. I called him out multiple times over and over and over again. It was only up to like the – it was maybe the third or fourth time that I – and also I didn't call him out. I just pointed out that he was shooting like shit. Like I wasn't like – And you wanted it's not, him. It's you not calling him. Yeah, you're it's not calling him out. It's just like it's he is shooting 27% from three on the season. That's if, not If good. you're watching this, <laughs> Jordan Bahannon, if you're watching this, um, give all the credit to Rob Doster. He, if you're watching, fire you. He motivated you. He got you going, and, and now you are back to what you were—one of the elite shooters in college basketball. Jordan, if you're watching this, you need to find something better to do with your time. <laughs> um, do you have anything you want to say about uh, about Illinois Northwestern, other than the fact that, like Northwestern, after all that, Northwestern is still Northwestern? What the hell happened? <laughs> like, what the hell happened? First half, it was like. Northwestern, man, okay, they're bouncing back. Maybe they're for real again. 
We're feeling good about them. Um, they're up 15 at the break. And then coming out of the break, oh, my God. Like Illinois, 53 to 13 in the second half. An absolute uh, shit show for Northwestern. Absolute shit show. And uh, couldn't guard them. Turning the ball over. I, I think the biggest thing that I – listen, Illinois did two things. What did they do? They, they, they ramped up the pressure. They made life difficult for Northwestern, um, where I thought they were comfortable in the first half. And then uh, Illinois got the you know got Kofi going, which is what they needed to do. Mm-hmm. They got him going. They started making some shots from the perimeter. And the biggest thing was just like their half court defense. Like Northwestern couldn't do anything. Yeah. And you know the go for Kofi. Like he actually made a couple of plays, like staying in front of Pete Nance on the perimeter, which is something I never thought. I would ever see Kofi Cobra be able to yeah. do so. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just it, <laughs> I, I think at halftime, Brent Underwood was like, "You, we are, we cannot lose to Northwestern. <laughs> they're, they're Northwestern." I love watching Underwood on the sidelines. I, I mean, I, I wish there was there was better analysis that we get can give to this, other than uh, yeah, Illinois got better players, they got better athletes, and they just yeah. decided that they wanted to win. That's really yeah. I mean, I think it was a little bit of a sleepwalk through the first half and, and Underwood jumping them uh, at the break and getting them going and, and ramping it up and the energy and everything like that. It was the first team, I believe I saw this, the first team to outscore another power five uh, opponent by 40 plus in a half since 2013. I think that was Kentucky beat Vandy, uh, pummel Vandy in that game. They're the first team in the last 25 years to be down by 15 or more at halftime and win by 25 or more in the second half, which is just ridiculous, dude. Yeah, yeah. I'll, yeah. I'll tell you what. When uh, when Illinois was down at the half, yeah. I bet on the Illinois second half line, and I bet on the Illinois money line, and I've never regretted not making a bigger bet more in my entire life. Did you, um, did you, did you get Iowa early when they were down to Maryland and, and the live, the live uh, was even? I, I looked at it, and the number that I was being given was like minus one seventeen, and it just was it wasn't it wasn't enough juice to to put the money in. I, I, I thought know. about doing it, and I looked at it, and I was like, ah, nah, I'm not going to do this one. Which I mean, I probably should have. All right, uh, Pac-12. We had some action in the Pac-12 yep. last night. Colorado beat Oregon. Uh, Stanford beat Washington. Zaire Williams had a triple double. Uh, USC looked awesome winning at Arizona. I mean, Evan Mobley, he's the real deal. Um, well, UCLA. Slow down, slow down. Evan Mobley is a real deal. Do you know the game before that against Utah, how many field goal attempts he had? Mm, how many? Zero. Well, he didn't shoot against Utah? Well, he shot, he got fouled. But in the box score, he was zero for zero from the field. He had three points, all came from the line against Utah. How about that? Like, you can't let that happen. If you're Andy Enfield, you cannot allow that to happen. Now, it was a hell of a win last night. They went at McHale for the first time since 2008. That might have been the O.J. Mayo year. I, I don't know. Like, I, I think that, that win was probably struck in, you know, uh, from the – what was Mayo? Mayo had to be around there. I can't remember what year he was. was it? Yeah, I think I think you're right. right. Um, but but here's the, here's my thing about Evan Mobley, just to, to kind of elaborate on the point you were making. Um, the value that he provides, it, it's not like – necessarily scoring right like i think that the reason why he's such a a promising prospect to me 
is the stuff that he could do defensively, the way that he can move the feet, uh, move his feet, yeah. the fact that he can handle the ball, the, the way that he can kind of pass and read defenses a little bit, the uh, yeah. the way that he's used. Like they, they already basically use him like an NBA five and like dribble handoffs, and makes sense. pops and, and, yeah. and flaring from away from the rim. So yeah. um, that's why I'm like, okay, this guy's got a chance to be really good because uh, he can. He he has all of this talent, but like he's basically. At the next level, he's basically going to be like a, I don't want to say a role player because that's kind of like the no he like, the right way to put it. like a system say, player he could be like a Chris Bosh like he could be like that type I could I could see it and I'm so I'm gonna I'm gonna put a name here and I'm not saying they're, they're the same kind of player but I can see him being something similar to like a Draymond Green where he does a job and he lifts a team from being a good team to a great team but he's not necessarily the piece that like he's not a star. He's not you, – you don't necessarily want to build around him, but if you have him as, like, your third best player, like, you're probably going to be a championship-level yeah, contender like, in five years. Like, that's that's just kind of – does that make sense? Yeah. I, my point was only that, that there should never be a game that goes by when Evan Mobley – and you look in the box no. and you see zero for zero from the field. Ever. Yeah, ever, I mean, ever. I mean, you're not wrong. All right. Anything else from the Pac-12 before we move on yeah, to the – Yeah, Tubelis. the kid from Arizona, the freshman. Really good, really good. Like he he had like thirty last night in the loss. Yeah, Kenjo was terrible. Um, you know, I mean, listen, both those teams. I think I heard Bill is saying like rattling off the Pac-12 teams that are going to be tournament teams, and I'm just like, really? Like, like USC is a tournament team? Like, like these aren't all tournament teams right now. Like maybe they will be at the end of the day, but I, I think we're handing out bids here uh, a little bit premature for the Pac-12. I think we'll probably get what five bids for the league, four or five. Well, without Arizona being eligible, probably it could be four. You know, I might guess, and it really could be three. Like it's probably deserving, maybe of three at the end of the day. We'll see. Oregon losing yesterday doesn't help. I mean, they're not the same team without Nafali Dante, and they need Will Richardson back. So I want to see them when they're whole. Um, But that you know, listen, the most one of the most underrated players. and college basketball continues to be McKinley Wright. Like mm-hmm. we, nobody talks about him. Plays for Colorado. Nobody ever talks about Colorado. But this kid is a warrior. Like every time I watch him, I'm just like, I wish he played uh, on a bigger platform. I, I wish people could see this kid, and, and and not just this year, throughout the course of his career, because I think he's had a hell of a career. And uh, I think if you put him on a team that was capable of like, if they were on a team like you know, they, they could maybe make a final four run. It would be so much fun to watch this kid play. I think people would, would fall in love with him. Yeah. Uh, t- Tad Doyle, um, Tad Boyle. I'm sorry. After what did the game, you call Tad Doyle. I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know where that came from. <laughs> <For that. laughs> t- Tad Boyle uh, after the game compared him to Peyton Pritchard. And I think that's exactly the point that you're making. Like the, in terms of the level of how good they are, like there really isn't all that much different, but, but, Peyton Pritchard last year was an All-American uh, that was in the National Player of the Year conversation for a while. And McKinley Wright is some some guy that plays at Colorado that probably eight people have heard of outside the city of Boulder. So um, the last thing I want to touch on real quick, uh, you know, shout out to, to UCLA. They're 4-0 in the Pac-12, despite the fact that they don't have Chris Smith. That's not bad. Um, they haven't – I guess this Arizona State win is probably their best win in the league. And – uh, came without Remy Martin or without a couple of other pieces, but it, I mean, a win's a win's a win on the road in overtime. Uh, and also, Washington State nine of one, 
winning games. They took Arizona to the overtime the other night. They got this freshman center. I'm going to butcher his name. <laughs> Say uh, it. Go ahead. Try it again. F.A. Abogidi. Did I get that anywhere near right? Kids are pro- either way, either way, like get, Google it. Shout out, Find to it. FA, shout out to F.A. and Tad Doyle. Tad F.A. and Tad Doyle. <laughs> is it Eve? I don't. I have no idea what his name is. I have He's no awesome. idea. I've watched. I've not watched a Washington State game. I have no idea. Yeah, we'll he's. Uh, I've watched a couple of them. He's he's because I've bet on them a couple times. He's awesome. He's like he's a pro. Okay. I don't know if it'll be yeah, this year, but he's, he's a pro. Like, his I, name, but he's a pro. I can't. Yeah, I, it doesn't matter. He's gonna play in the NBA. Like watch. I guarantee, Goodman. I guarantee. I promise you. I promise you. Everyone listening on the stream right now. Everyone listening on the podcast. Everyone that's paying attention to this right now. I promise you. As soon as Goodman watches one Washington State, like one half is all you need. You're gonna be tweeting about him. Really. I yeah, I bet I guarantee you're going to be tweeting about. Oh, Washington State's got this kid, F.A. something something something. I don't know how to say his name, but the kid's a pro. All right, Watch. I'm gonna Watch. I'm gonna figure out. I got to get the pronunciation down before. I <laughs> yes, please do. You got to help me out, man. I'm struggling over here. Let me die in the wind. Abagidi, Abagidi, probably Abagidi. All right, let's talk about tonight's slate. Uh, we do have. Um, two or three interesting games. It's pretty quiet. It's a Friday night. We actually uh, having one good game on a Friday night is is a step up from what it normally is. Uh, it's Purdue at Michigan State. Michigan State has won two in a row. They moved AJ Hoggard into the starting lineup. Rocket Watts and, and Foster Lawyer are coming off the bench. Uh, Aaron Henry has kind of gone into takeover mode a little bit and is looking like the guy we thought he was going to be heading into the season. Um, so, where do you stand on Michigan State on this team on this game on this line? Give me everything. Um, it's Purdue's third straight road game. Uh, they've lost the last two Rutgers, Illinois. They kept them both. Like, I think they lost both by eight or something. Um, I, I think the, li- the line, by the way, I, I should have mentioned this is, uh, Michigan state is laying four and a half. Yeah. I, I like laying the four and a half here. I, I do. I just think, you know, can, can Purdue keep it close? Yeah, maybe. But I think Michigan State's starting to get better. Their defense was the biggest thing in the last game. So mm-hmm. um, could this be a little bit of a rock fight? Probably. I mean, it probably will be. Um, but but I think Michigan State at home got some momentum, feeling good about themselves. Like you said, their point guard situation certainly better than it was. Now you just ask Rocket Watts, go score. Just go get buckets. And um, – you know, they've got enough guys. Like, like they shouldn't be this bad if their point guard situation and their defense are better, which they've been in the last game or two. So I, I like Michigan State here. Yeah, and I think that's what makes the the uh, the insertion of AJ Hoggard into the starting lineup so interesting because he's like he's a little bit bigger. What is he's like six three, yeah. six four? Yeah. Um, and he is like he the ball moves, it doesn't stick with him. He's a little bit of a playmaker. Um, so I, I just think that like he's a piece that is going to fit in, take the pressure off of Aaron Henry for being the primary playmaker, right. um, and it gives him a little bit more like flexibility defensively. Like Rocket Watts, I, I thought he'd be better defensively than he was. He's not. Mm-hmm. Foster Lawyer is not someone you play expecting him to be. Like, I mean, he is what he is. You know, no, he'll you be need Henry. You need Hauser to be probably better yes. than he's been. I mean, those two have to be pretty good for this Michigan State team to, to you know, be relevant come March, right? Like, those two have yep. to be really good. And Rocket Watts has got to be a score. He's got he's to be a consistent double-figure uh, score. Yeah, my only concern 
with taking Michigan State in this spot is uh, Trevion Williams, like when he goes up against someone his size, like he can struggle a little bit. And we've talked about it before. Michigan State got some issues at the five. Um, I don't know if Thomas Kithier is the answer. I don't know if Marcus Bingham is the answer. Uh, I think Julius Marble has kind of like been taken out of the rotation. So we'll see how that goes. But um, that, that's the one question mark for me. But I, I feel like we can we can start getting back onto the Michigan State bandwagon yep, um, at this point playing at home. Uh, we have Ohio taking on Toledo. Um, so this is the weird, the, the, the weirdest line, but both of us already put in a bet on, on Toledo in this spot. Ken Palm has the projection at, uh, uh, Toledo minus five. The line right now is Toledo minus three. Toledo is probably the best team in the Mac this year. They're sitting at four and uh, in conference play. They're nine and three overall. They're the highest rated team on the metrics, Ohio, who we all saw, um, go into Illinois and, and get a win. They probably should have, or get a, take a loss when it probably should have been a win. We'll be without future NBA point guard, Jason Preston. Um, but since he's been out, they've had this kid, Mark Sears, a freshman step up who was averaging like 10 minutes a game before yeah, uh, Preston went down with the, with the injury in the last three games, he's averaging uh, 14 points and eight assists, which sources tell me is pretty good for a true freshman. Yeah. And Preston's not going to play tonight. Um, so, uh, frankly, I like Toledo here laying the three and a half. Uh, I know Sears is playing great, but I just wonder how long they can keep this up without Jason Preston. Uh, so I'm going to go uh, full Rockets here uh, with Toledo. Yeah, so um, Ohio has won two games since Jason Preston went down. One of them was against the Ball State team that's kind of like middle of the pack in the conference. Uh, and the other one was against Northern Illinois. Uh, the reason, I believe it was the reason they ended up firing Mark Montgomery was because of that. that I'm not sure about the reason. Well, I mean, it was the not the reason. It was the last, the last game straw. They had, yeah, the, the the last game, the last game that they played before he was fired. Is that right? Yeah. Because they came out the next day and they all, you yeah. you took them like on the money line uh, as a 17 point dog, and like I think they, didn't they miss a shot at the buzzer that yes. would have won the game for you? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That was a that was a that was an all time. The money game. line was like nine fifty or something. Yeah, yeah, you would have been able you would have been able to sponsor this podcast. No, sure. that very disappointing. Very disappointing. Uh, last game that I want to uh, mention that we can kind of get into a little bit of mid-major things is Dayton at Davidson. Uh, is this a bounce-back spot for the Flyers? Are they going to figure it out tonight? No, I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't think they're that good. Like, I, I don't think they're a very good team. So, um, I'll take Davidson in this spot. Uh, Dayton's also shorthanded. They have been shorthanded all year. But, listen, the, the post-Obi era uh, does not look very good right now for the Flyers. <laughs> That's how we're going to start uh, measuring the program, pre-Obi and post-Obi. Pretty much. That's the way it probably should be right now. You know, they, you know yeah. And I don't think Davidson's great either. But but I, I if I'm going with that, I would lay, what is it, six and a half, something like that? What is it? Yep. Um, not enough. Not enough. I don't think I want to be on Davidson. Or, or I don't want to be on it Dayton. overall. But I would, take, I would not take Dayton. How's that? Yeah, I, Dayton, Dayton is uh, – they kind of reach fade. Yeah. Fate status for us. Yep. Fading. 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 No, that doesn't work. Fading. No, it doesn't work. I thought it would. I thought it would. That was yeah, another Tad Another Tad Doyle right there. I'm not having a very good stream today. I could, I could step Tad it up. Doyle. I'm, I'm, the, I'm the Northwestern of this stream right now. My God. Uh, uh, yeah. NEC, some good NEC action tonight. You on it? Well, I, don't, I don't know if I would call it good, but uh, going <laughs> along. <laughs> what are you killing the NEC? I mean, Merrimack. 
comes off a huge win and you're going to knock the NEC like 107 to 100 in overtime. You told me not to go to that game. That game was a friggin' barn burner last night. You told you, me not to go. I could have been there. And you don't have COVID right now because of me. You are welcome, sir. <laughs> what do you say? Are you, you, you saying Gala doesn't have things locked down at Merrimack? I'm just saying that you want to be. I would not. I'm not going to be in a room with a bunch of people I don't know. That's that's what that's what I'm saying. All right. Anyway, um, so again, these are the back to backs, and what we've been doing is is fading the first result in the back to backs, um, and it makes a little bit of sense here. Um, I would probably stay away from Merrimack Sacred Heart because Merrimack uh, eventually covered, but it was in overtime, and they were the favorite. Uh, so I don't. I, I don't really have a great feel. My uh, heart here. I'm taking Sacred Heart. I'm going against Merrimack. They win a, an emotional game. They were the second-to-last active team to play a game. Yep. Okay? They went home back, for back game, It's not easy. They not went home easy. for like two weeks. So, I just think Anthony Latina, Sacred Heart, they got an advantage here in the back-to-back. Uh, and Merrimack may be completely out of gas, too. So, I'm going Sacred Heart here. I like it. Uh, I'm going to jump back on Mount St. Mary's. Mount St. Mary's was favored yesterday, and they ended up losing um, on the road to uh, St. Francis, New York, by 15 points. So to me, that's the perfect spot to jump on uh, Mount St. Mary's. Uh, I will lock in that pick, and I will take that pick. Um, the other one was Bryant Central Connecticut. Bryant was favored by like 13 or 14. They won by 25, which means that we would process says jump on Central Connecticut here. Uh, I can't do it. I'm from no. Connecticut. I know too much about that program. The the fighting Danielle Marshalls, that's not the answer. Uh, the fighting Howie Dickenmans, that's not the answer. So I'm uh, staying away from uh, CCSU. It's not hard-hitting New Britain tonight. <laughs> All right. All right. I, I, the one I kind of like is St. Francis PA. Mm-hmm. Getting two and a half against LIU. That, that's the one I'm on uh, in, in, in the, uh, the kind of bounce-back game there. LIU won. Uh, it's at St. Francis PA, I believe. Is that right? Hold on. Let me just make sure. Pretty sure. It's at St. Where are these games? There it is. Uh, no, it's at LIU Brooklyn. Tough place to win. Tough place to win. Tough you don't just go. You just you don't just go into LIU Brooklyn and get W's, Jeffrey. You really don't. You really you don't, don't. You don't. You don't go into LIU Brooklyn and get W's. I don't even know. Don't they play? Where are they playing right now? Is it? They're not playing in like a normal campus arena, right? I think that was last year, wasn't it? Was it? Was it? Last, whatever. All right, whatever. It's LIU Brooklyn. Okay, we've know. talked enough about the NEC. Here's what I'm going to do, though. We're going. I'm going to have some fun. We're going to throw. I'm going to throw together a 14 parlay on this one. So we're okay. going to go. We're gonna, you you got to do it too. We're going to take Sacred Heart. Yeah. We're going to take Mount St. Mary's. We are going to take Bryant. Bryant's going to cover again, okay. and we're taking uh, LIU Brooklyn. No, no we're taking St. Francis. Taking St. Francis PA. St. Francis PA. All right, you got to put it in. Hold on. Let's. Uh, can you put that in real quick? So we can um, figure out exactly what this is. Uh, this this parlay is going to be. I could do it right now. I want to. I want to get the numbers. So I want to know how much money we're making this before, before I know what I, I'm going to win. All right. So, um, hold on. I got logged out of my account because you know. Here we go. What's yeah, going on? Locked out. Logged out of my account. Logging in. We're going to make this happen. So what are we doing here? We're doing Sacred Heart plus four and a half. Yep. We're doing uh, Bryant minus thirteen. Get that in there. We got a St. Francis PA plus two and a half. And we got Mount St. Mary's plus one. I'm, I'm going to take Mount St. Mary's on the money line. We're going to take that money line there. Throw that in there. Juice that up a little bit. Um, and that par- parlay is going to be like plus a thousand or so. 
trying to find the last one of those games. Why am I having trouble finding the last one? What time is? Oh God. Uh, my my app is not weird. working well. My 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 technology does not like me today. But we're that's that's the parlay we're doing. Anyone that wants to ride with us, let's go. Let's get money. Let's get rich. Uh, let's do it. All right, Jeffrey. I will see you um, again on Saturday morning, ten a.m. Big day tomorrow. Big, big day. A lot of good games tomorrow. So uh, we will be back here uh, to talk about the one and only Tad Doyle. Tad Doyle.